With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dane Fife's favorite historical figure is Benedict Arnold. A quarterback controversy is brewing. Sean and Archie start a traveling band selling Timasil. And of course, your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man who answers the question, what if a breadstick was a human? Kevin Grek. And the man who wears Jordarols into the shower, Alex Plum. Plum, a belated happy birthday to you. How are you good, sir? Great. Uh, I should not have worn those shorter rolls into the shower because they promptly stuck to my body, uh, which is a little bit more uh, fulsome, we might say. Just making you time. never neuter than before. I poured those shorter rolls onto myself, so they were <laughs> quite difficult to get out. But uh, here we are. I would like to point out them off. that as far as breadsticks go, I'm just straight white, like stale breadstick. Like I don't think anyone was confused about yeah. that. No, <laughs> there's no, there's no like whole grains here. No, you know, there's no, you know, flavoring. There's no, no I'll tell you, like, yeah, it's like, it's like an Olive Garden breadstick that like completely didn't get any of the good sauce stuff on it. Yep. All the other breadsticks took the butter and it's just me, baby. Bad. And you're stuck with me. Yeah. That is of course, Kevin Greck. And thank you for listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Greg, no, Plum, you're the birthday boy. Give the folks the structure of the show. Sure. Well, as always, uh, we start off on the green wall where, uh, well, this week, actually, basketball is going to lead because we have some very disturbing news to report on the coaching staff. But we'll go to football, which usually leads on the green wall, talk a little bit about some uh, position matters that are happening, provide some updates, and kind of review where Tucker is in this season. After that, we will uh, head off Grand River, where we'll talk a little bit about happenings around the sports universe, particularly the NCAA, which can do nothing right. Uh, good for us, I guess. We don't have any games to preview because it's that horrible time in this uh, podcast season where you just have to listen to us drone on about all kinds of things. Or, in the words of one listener, preach. Finally, we'll get to Twitter questions. And Twitter questions are one of our favorite because it allows us to interact with you, our dear listeners. So that's it. That's the show. And I think it's going to be a good one. You're a man of the cloth, preaching your, that's your whole thing, right? Listen, some people like it, some people don't. So <laughs> we're going to see. Uh, all right, so let's head behind the green wall and uh, start with the biggest news of the week, which is that Dane Fife, assistant coach for the uh, Michigan State Spartan basketball men's team, has departed the team to head to Indiana to uh, be an assistant coach there with, I've already forgotten the name of their head coach. 
Yeah. Can, any, can anyone remember his name? What's his Is name? it Mike Woodson? Mike. That sounds right. M- Mark, I can picture him. Mark Wid- Whitson. Whitson. Yeah. Whitstonston. Uh, uh, also, for bonus points, who did uh, who did uh, Minnesota hire? Anyone? Uh, anyone? Char- Charlie hire? Grover <laughs> Cleveland. That's it. Charlie Grover Cleveland is it. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, did they hire somebody? I missed they that. They did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I like how uh, Drew Valentine's uh, hire it got more press than Minnesota's hire. Who who did Minnesota? Ben hire? Johnson. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. He is a guy, and he went to school there. Okay. And he is a person who was a most recently an assistant at Xavier. So great, I love it. Uh, but not the topic at hand. The topic mm-hmm. at hand is Dane Fife. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Uh, how do you feel about Dane leaving? And how do you feel about his farewell statement? I liked the farewell statement enough. Um, was there something about it that stuck out to you? Uh, the first line. The first line stuck out a lot. Oh, you think he gave no notice? Uh, the first line nope. for reference is, today is my last day nope. at Michigan nope. State University. Nope. The, line, the line before that. Spartan for life. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you can, you know, and I know other people have talked about this and, but I I don't know how you can lead with Spartan for life when you are leaving to go in conference and coach elsewhere. The in So there are some really interesting things that pop up to me here. One is that it is a lateral move in the, the most generous of terms. Um, I think you get to become more heir apparent there. Correct. Yeah. That's absolutely it. Do you get to be heir apparent, though, if your coach that you're uh, working for crashes and burns, which is the most likely outcome at Indiana? Probably because this could just be an interregnum. I mean, they may not have high hopes for Woodson. This could be cultural rebuilding. But Stevens and Garland have been with the program for so much longer than Fife has. Fife is from Indiana. He He's 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 a Hoosier through and through. This was a pit stop for him. I think that I'm happy for him. Go go back and go do good things in Indiana. I don't care. Well, he he went to Indiana, but he's from Clarkson, Michigan. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it, it yeah, is but, weird. I, but he we went to go play for foster Bob training. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I will say of of Dane Fife. I don't think the fan base really knows how to Correct. evaluate him. Like there was a lot of like. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I don't think you really know what you're losing here. Um, I I might be wrong in that, but the perception I think is that he takes care of the guards and he does some of the you know guard recruiting. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Cassius Winston was just a spectacular point guard, and um, just because there wasn't one this year doesn't mean that he hadn't potentially already helped you know, contribute to the development of one. So uh, I don't know. I'm much more concerned, Jonesy, like you said, about the fact that this is an in-conference move. And uh, I think it's really interesting around, I think it might tell us a few things about what's happening in a potential, maybe upcoming in the next five to seven years post-Izzo era type of thing. Like, Hmm. should we speculate about that as well? No, that's well, prognostication. But so, I will I mean, say, oh, go ahead. Well, just uh, you know, other things Dane Fife did. Um, 
here are uh, some of the people that he's credited as the primary recruiter for um, in descending order. Jaron Jackson, Max Christie, Josh Langford, Jay Nakins, Malik Hall, Matt McQuaid, A.J. Hogard, Foster Lawyer, Aaron Henry, Thomas Kithier, Marvin Clark. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really good on that list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they didn't come to play because of Dane Fife. No, but I mean, in the same way that Mel Tucker is hiring dudes that, you know, can close deals, Dane Fife was instrumental in hmm. in in closing those those kids. Sure. Um, so I, I'm just saying, you know, do I think Michigan State is going to struggle to get recruits? No. But let's not pretend that that Dane Fife wasn't. I mean, I can simultaneously be like, dude, not cool. And also, you know, appreciate his time and and recognize that he made some some pretty large contributions, not the least of which is the people he's recruited. And and to your point, Greg, uh, he coached a, a dude whose number will certainly be retired uh, probably in the next few years. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. And, and uh, Gary Harris, I think he uh, was big in coaching Gary Harris as well. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> uh, does this? Do you think that this was slightly pushed by Izzo at all? I mean, the fact that it's in conference, the fact that it's not for a head coaching gig, it's for the same associate head coach position at a program in worse shape for a little bit more money. I think he's getting paid like 30 grand more a year or something like that. Um, which is only a little bit if for what he's getting paid. Yeah. I mean, cause he made good money before. Right. Uh, relative to where he's at. That's that is a little bit. Um, I, I thought that I thought that it was odd. I'll be honest. Um, it's, I think it's a big risk to go, you know, join a staff at Indiana uh, when you don't have to, because all the coaches since Bob Knight have been short-lived. So, well, big risk, big reward. Uh, I'll tell you that I don't think I think if Izzo hadn't sanctioned this or hadn't had some level of uh, support for it, you wouldn't have gotten the press time that he's gotten, and especially the lead-off on Sport and for Life, which you can find distasteful, but I think that does say something about the culture here. I think it does say something about the fact that folks want to continue to be affiliated with Michigan State University and this program particularly, and Tom Izzo's legacy, even more particularly. So I don't think you get the opportunity to release this kind of statement and to have this level of branding and all of that, uh, which clearly he didn't do uh, by himself. Um, that doesn't happen uh, without some level of programmatic support. So Yes, and you know what? He he likely didn't change. He didn't actually write the Spartan for Life at the top. I mean, in fairness, uh, but it is like, how can you say that when literally next year you're going to be like, Malik Hall can only turn to his left. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's just absurd. Um, but yeah, happy trails, Dane. Like we, I, I, I assume that there was a conversation of like, you're not going to be the guy here. So yeah, you know, um, cause the me... debate had always been before, right? If you're going to keep it in the family. Is it going to be Dwayne Stevens or is it going to be Dane Fife? And people would say, well, Dwayne Stevens has been here forever, but Dane Fife has the former head coaching uh, experience for the Mastodons of, you know, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, of course. Relevant. Are you Got very relevant? FW? 
Yeah. IPFW. Yeah, they just... Oh, IPFW. You're thinking of ooey pooey. Listen, you guys, we've spent entirely too much time on the subject, and it's just now irrelevant. So let's go to transfer rumors, or I'm quitting the pod again out of spite and insolence. Uh, let's keep talking about Dane Fife then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Greg, you wanted to chat about this. So why don't you tee up the conversation? Well, I, I don't know if we want to go actually dealing in rumors, but again, I think it's, I think it's very relevant. The absence of transfers this week. Uh, mm. I mean, these things are happening throughout the rest of college basketball and they're not happening here. Mm. So. We, I don't know what to make of it. I expected we, there to be more stated departures from the basketball team by now. We don't even have an announcement from Aaron, Aaron Henry. No. Right. Which, in fairness, his dad was recently interviewed and had a quote that was like, he's gone. I mean, it, it was, it was a, now, now when he goes, he's going to be a much higher pick. Yeah. Like it was, it was almost as if a foregone conclusion, but it is still interesting. We don't, have that from Aaron Henry. No, no. Um, we have a very similar type of quote from the end of the game from Josh Langford. Still nothing formal from him. Um, and then I, I very much expected there to be another departure by now. And that, I mean, there are just rumors about like five or six guys swirling around, but it's not happening. I, so I don't know what to make of it because like I'm saying, there's sort of a, you know, rearranging happening in the portal right now. Um, and uh, it seems to be kind of slowing down, if anything. So, yeah, um, it's it, it, I still expect it. I mean, I expect some sort of departure. I don't I don't know. I mean, the other thing is I mean, there's no rumors about MSU actively recruiting in the portal of which I'm aware. And no. there definitely were in weeks previous. So I don't know. Maybe there won't be as much turnover as on this roster as we thought there was gonna be. Hmm. That's deeply upsetting. <laughs> Do you want to go back to talking about Dane Fight? <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> let's talk about some turnover in that is to say someone who's coming in in one Pierre Brooks, the second, uh, who uh, tip of the cap for winning the D four state championship for the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, he plays for Frederick Douglass and, uh, in, in the championship effort, uh, put up 15 points, 11 rebounds and five assists the previous game. I think he had 30 something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, someone, uh, some troll on Twitter was was calling him undersized, and he won't ever develop. But I, I don't know how you look at that dude's game and can tell me that that kid is not going to be um, a stud at some level at Michigan State. Um, I know we have a question about it a little bit later on, but you guys saw that forty five foot jumper that he put up, right? Yeah, that was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess we bring him up because he'll be a Spartan next year. Wanted at the Breslin Center, which is super exciting for him. Um, but also, you know, uh, there's the local flavor of of an in-state state championship. So anything else that you guys want to say about Pierre Brooks? Well, I just want to say as a resident of East Lansing, I appreciate everyone's bringing their local flavor of COVID 
to uh, my fair city. Uh, that was that was nice. You could like feel the heat of the super spreader event wafting mm. over from Breslin Center. Did yeah. you see some guy from Iron Mountain was kicked out? I did see that. <laughs> did you see in the picture of him getting kicked out? There are loads of other people not properly wearing their masks all around him while it's happening. Also from Iron Mountain. Yes. Uh, yeah, you guys have a, a bit of a shitstorm going on over there. Yeah. Plum, have we figured out what's happening with COVID in the state in the last week? We're just very good at it. We're good at it, and it is not a problem here. And so just uh, look away, and there's no problem here. Thanks. Michigan manufactures COVID like it manufactures automobiles. And it and it manufactures the vaccine. Thank you oh, very much. the vaccine! Which people are afraid to get. Ooh. <laughs> uh all right, so let's chat a little bit about football. Uh, last week we previewed the offense. This week we will preview uh, the defense. But before we do, I want to chat a little bit about the the quarterback position. Obviously, a, a place of interest uh, and intrigue for most Spartan fans. And I'm curious what your guys' take is on this, um, because you know, obviously, you get annual coach speak. And uh, as part of spring ball, um, I'm waited with, waiting with bated breath to hear everything the coaches say and yeah. take it as gospel. Mm-hmm. But I do find it interesting that um, it, two things. First, both Anthony Russo and Peyton Thorne were made available for the media on the same day. And that Jay Johnson, when he talked about the quarterback room, talked about it in two very distinct tiers. That is to say there's Anthony Russo and Peyton Thorne, and then there's everybody else. Um, so first that doesn't bode well for Theo day. No, it doesn't. Uh, but second, I mean, is this a reflection of Anthony Russo just not knowing the scheme maybe quite yet? And Peyton Thorne by all accounts being a coach's kid and like really being a, a buff in, in, in the, the film room. Um, is is this just Anthony catching up or do we have a legit QB competition that's going to go through into the fall? Plum, you have a take here? I have a take, but no, then give us your take cuz I this just seems so far away. I mean, <laughs> I want to why don't you give your take and then I'll just I'll just Plum, Plum, I'll Plum. I'll deride it. Plum, a little little production meeting real quick. Um, (laughs) We have a podcast about Michigan State sports, and we provide content about Michigan State sports. So. (laughs) Don't let them see. Children, children, mommy and daddy are not fighting. It's okay. Don't don't look behind the curtain. Don't look behind the curtain. (laughs) Uh, Here's my take. Uh, And it's kind of up that alley, actually, Plum. Uh, You know what you probably don't want to say in the spring? to your you know your other experienced quarterback on the team that the other guy's the guy because that's how you get Peyton Thorne to transfer so it's possible that in fact there is a competition between the two but I think it's equally possible or more likely that in fact one of the two of them is a little bit ahead but you know, with so much time between now and game starting, you don't want to go naming a guy now because, I mean, it would be hard for Anthony Russo to, to transfer, but Peyton Thorne certainly could in the summer. So if I were a coach and I had an interest in maintaining my uh, roster for the fall, 
I would probably be saying something very similar. Do you think Peyton Thorne is nervous? I mean, I maybe. Uh, I mean, he's kind of used to this, right? Like he's he's been in quarterback by committee QB rooms right. the whole time he's been on campus. So right. um, it makes me nervous as a uh, spectator that perhaps that will continue to take place into the fall. But uh, I don't let know. I'm ask, sure he's used to it at this point. Well, let me ask this: how how long? What? How much cachet do you have in the transfer portal uh, as of April eleventh? Uh, you know, I mean, at what point are there? Is there such a significant diminishing marginal utility that the best he can do is at Saginaw Valley at this point? Well, I think you would try to go join a major team that has like a senior quarterback or something like that, where you well, wouldn't expect it. Isn't that also the point, though, of why maybe they shouldn't, you know, I I think the competition, if we're going to maybe put it in air quotes a bit, is more about Mel Tucker's belief in that competition is a good thing. And he only wants players who believe that competition is a good thing. And Anthony Russo is a one and done here. So even if you're Peyton Thorne, you are you're hopefully getting reps as a one B in spring practice. Yeah. And so you have to believe I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to push Anthony Russo. And yeah, I may not get the job this year, but I'm going to be a really good backup. I'm going to fight every week for that job. And I am going to be worlds ahead of whoever they have next year. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think Peyton Thorne probably has, I got to believe between his red shirt and the extra year he got because last year didn't count. I I can't imagine that even if Anthony Russo is named coming out of spring, that he's going to be that upset about it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you think Jonesy about this? uh, Jay Johnson's other quote about running back by committee. I mean, it's kind of standard in college basketball or college football these days, right? Yeah, I mean, I I tend to believe though Kenneth Walker is going to get the majority of the reps. He's got. I mean, I just I I can't. He played in a Division One school and was great there. So and split reps there. We didn't run the ball at all last year. So I can't I can't fathom that when you went to Wake Forest. And we're a stud running back that you came to, and now you transfer to a school that could not run the ball, that you're not going to get the majority of the reps. That said, you know, um, I see a world in which all of the other guys, not maybe not all of them, but a lot of the other guys, like I can't imagine Jordan Simmons not having a role on this team. Yeah. I mean, he had a great year last year and will continue to grow. I can't imagine, you know, I if Eli Collins ended up leaving, I would not be totally like if one of well, Connor Hayward's not leaving, um, but I don't I mean, sure, by committee, but I I don't I don't buy that. I don't really buy it. Um, The last quote from uh, media availability that uh, Plum, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Mel Tucker was quoted as saying, I'm not interested in going into the summer with anyone who doesn't want to or isn't able to play our brand of football. Summer cuts. I mean, completely possible. This this sounds like something he had just gotten done saying to his players, and then was immediately like in front of a microphone and said the same thing again. Hmm. So maybe this was a I tough. Like, 
right? Yeah. A t- tough practice. And, you know, he kind of said it and he thought, you know, I'm going to say this again and I'm going to really drive this home for them. He doesn't seem like a guy. I mean, I don't know if we can afford to make summer cuts. Maybe we can. I'd like to think that we can. I don't think that we can. Uh, but that said, you know, I think he's, it's culture setting work. I, this seems like a culture setting quote to me that is fairly innocuous, but should be intended to be read as fairly serious. And I think that's what his probably intention was. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as extreme as the, uh, is quote about, uh, scholarships work two ways. Sure. Um, but it's of the same vein. Yeah. So. Can we, um, uh, anyway, can we actually, can we, I want to just stay on that for just one second, that um, scholarships work two ways. So that, he, he did pull Rocket scholarship then, right? Like that's what we can agree, like that, that did get pulled, right? Like officially. Yeah, I appreciate the work you did in the classroom this past year, Rocket, and yep. I appreciate all the time you spent in practice. However, next year, the school will not be free. <laughs> yeah, this will be for the school. Uh, I am more inclined to give Keon Coleman a second scholarship than I am to allow you to continue to be here. Good Man, we haven't even talked about Keon Coleman. The walk-on room is going to be better next year for basketball. We can say that for certainty, right? There you go. That's the whole measure, right? The walk-on room. The, the strength of the team is its walk-on room. Hey, that's your practice squad. Yeah, in some ways it is. And I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, you get Stevie Izzo, you get Keon Coleman. You get, I mean, unbelievable. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's going to be like USA Basketball Dream Team, like the, the most competitive games were happening at practice. Um, should have been broadcasting Which, those. Have you been watching The Last Dance? I have not. No. I have not yet no. gotten there in my TV viewing list uh to the last dance have you uh yeah uh we started it over here uh actually my wife watched it on her own and uh then now has uh, lured me in and it is fantastic i'm not most people have already watched it so this is old news for most of you but yes it is very good okay all right defensive preview yeah yeah all right uh, let's start up front and Greg, we will turn to you first. Talk to me about what defensive tackles are playing in the spring game. Uh, well, the most important thing is probably the one that's not Naquan Jones will not be coming back to, to campus. And that is a significant, significant loss. So, um, in terms of people that you will be seeing, uh, Jalen Hunt, had snaps last year, uh, had, you know, at, at times did a pretty good job. And then, you know, folks like Jacob Slade and uh, Deshaun Mallory, you'll also remember. So those are your familiar faces that you'll be seeing again. Um, from there, who knows, man? Who knows? It's just like guys from the 2020 class might be making a... Uh, might be making a splash. Uh, Diari Todd has been moved uh, to to defensive end, right? So he's not going to be there. Um, I it's a big question mark the defensive yeah. position. I think it's a lot of those dudes that had been recruited to the interior don't fit Tucker's profile physically of who should be playing in the interior, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a thin group. <laughs> ironically speaking right yeah yeah you you don't want it to be in any way but it is right now so it's concerning um i think there you know there's 
more like talking about the team in general coming up on the uh on the outline here i mean this is a place to keep an eye on for sure uh plum what about uh on the end what about our end rushers uh end rushers uh it's it's all about jacob what is it panasuk panasuk how does he panasuk panasuk good for him uh no but panasuk a guy's coming back we're excited about that um and the guy is a dude so let's think about it panasuk here um one of the highest graded returning defensive ends from a pass rush standpoint, which would say if he is able to sort of continue to step up in his evolution as kind of the lone returning starter for this position um, is going to be someone that I think has a lot of promise for the team. And I think on whose, uh, per whose leadership, I think you have an opportunity for the rest of the team um, to develop. That said, he's probably not the pure pass rushing, rushing specialist that maybe we're looking for, or they're still looking for in the portal. So, um, so you, you do have to look from some other guys. You got Drew Jordan, um, from Duke, um, Beasley and Camper are solid players. Mike Fletcher is a solid player. In fact, uh, Fletcher, um, was, I guess a fringe four-star recruit when he came in 2019 and Burton has said, he's expecting a lot of big things from him starting. Dude looks like a beast. I mean, just the frame on that kid is woof. So there could be, um, We'll see. You know, maybe there's some more pass rushing we get out of him there. If so, we could be in a little bit stronger of a spot than we were last year. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like maybe of the defense, this is one of our better positions because Beasley and Panashuk had both the edges last year. Um, and they're both returning for a sixth year. So, and then when you add in Drew Jordan from Duke, like, I, I think maybe this is one of the, the bright spots. Um Let's move from bright spots to dark spots. Um, Don't say that about our Noah Harvey. Friend uh, of the pod, uh, Noah Harvey. Come on, Michael. Dad is a friend of the pod. Uh, (laughs) So uh, we're going to chat a little bit about linebackers. Um, There's a handful of names who are coming back. The two who got the only two who got playing time last year um, are Noah Harvey and Chase Klein. we're losing Antoine Simmons, who we all know was for being undersized and not as fast was still a, just a beast of a linebacker who knew where every play was going. And you, to an extent cannot teach instincts like that. Who who Um, was this? Antoine Simmons. Never heard of him. (laughs) Not on my radar. Uh, That's what it was. Not on my radar. uh, (laughs) But um, you know, the, the challenge for Noah Harvey and Chase Klein is that they were recruited into a system uh, under Mark D'Antonio where they were asked to a lot, do a lot more sort of downhill, attack the ball, you know, um, backing. And that's not quite the system they're playing in anymore. So, um, you know, there's some other names on the list. Uh, Cole DeMarzo, Devin Hightower, Cal Halliday maybe is a guy who you could watch out for. But the reality is, is that um, we just landed uh, Tank from Minnesota, who was their highest rated recruit in 2020, who's a linebacker. Um, we have the four-star, fringe five-star recruit, uh, Ma'a Nateote, coming in, uh, who maybe is talented enough to see some snaps. Um, and then 
they added Ben Van Summeren uh, from the transfer portal, who was at Michigan before. And, it, you know, from what we've heard, um, it sounds like there could be another transfer coming here. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, so that's a, a position to be looking at uh, from what uh, maybe in SEC school. Um, so be on the lookout. Um, it's a, it's a thin group and with only two linebackers on the field, a serious position of need. Plum, talk to me about the defensive secondary, namely the cornerbacks. The cornerbacks. Uh, so you, I mean, the two kind of most locked in contributors probably in this position are going to be Angelo Gross and Kayline Gervin. Um, there is, uh, so there, I think they've got some experience on the team and are both kind of dudes in their own right with a little bit of experience there. They've talked at least about some flexibility, putting them into the nickel. And so that maybe gives the formation a little bit of uh, flexibility as it were. Um, Rumor that Montori Foster could be switching from wide receiver to the corner. So potentially there's again, more movements. We talked about this on the pod a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, I think Um, Brandon Wright, a sophomore um, played, the defensive end for us. Um, oh, that running was, back. Yeah, running back. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I made a switch. So anyway, so I, I just there's a lot of guys I think that are in transition. There were a lot of guys that you saw some. Um, you know, I think I think new program under uh, Tucker. I think he used the fall as an experimental time, and so now maybe he's trying to develop guys in these other positions. Um, we've had some guys transition out. Uh, Justin White. Um, I guess came from uh, Division II program. Uh, there's still guys in the portal potentially. We've got guys that have made summer commits who have got eyes on a starting position in the corner. Uh, Chester Kimbrough is one guy from Florida. Uh, there's other guys in the in the portal right now. Um, some prospects in Chuck Brantley, Antoine Booth, um, and some some notation that I guess we're still looking. So um, we had a we had a lot of turnover in the cornerback um, in the off season. So what we're able to bring in and who we're able to kind of fit into this position, you know, this, this could be an area from, for some concern, uh, depending on whether we find somebody with the, uh, the size, uh, the dynamism, you know, the ability to, to get into the space. Yeah. Uh, a real quick note, cause Chester Kimbrough is not, as you said, Plum is not yet on the, um, the roster. So he won't be participating in spring ball. And I don't know that we broke him down when we got his commit, but just so listeners know where he may fall, uh, he was a very high three-star. I mean, about as close as you can be to not being a four-star. But as Greg likes to talk about, what's the peer group of who his offer list was? So he went to Florida. He had offers from Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas, Louisville, uh, I'm sorry, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, LSU, Marshall, Michigan, Mississippi State, Missouri, Ole Miss, Oregon State, SMU, Texas, Tulane, UAB, and Western Kentucky. That is not a bad list. Yeah, that uh, Tulane offer. <laughs> Corner capital of the world, Tulane. So uh, oh. If, oh. if you're good enough for Nick Saban, you're probably going to be okay here. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I don't think we covered his his transfer commitment. Um, and he just got stuck behind a few other four-star kids that, that came in at Florida. So I don't doubt that he has talent anyway. Greckers safety. 
Yeah, so fortunately, uh, if I'm counting my position groups right, we close it out with one that's a little bit more familiar with all the you know questions up in the air with some of the others. Um, everybody knows that's listening to the pod that that Xavier Henderson is the dude uh, mm-hmm. as far as the safeties are going. So um, you can just chisel that one in. Um, then the other two guys, of course, who we already have um, some familiarity with as well are, are Trey Person and Michael Dowell. He's out. Wait. Oh. Trey Person transferred. What? When? Uh, we we talked about it on the pod a couple weeks ago. Oh, God. You know, Jones, you always say that we talked about it on the pod a couple weeks ago. What if we weren't paying attention while we were recording the pod? Oh, God. I'm starting to be very aware of what people do when I start talking. <laughs> well, to be fair, I rarely pay attention when I'm talking, which is why so much of it is just absolute drivel. But yeah, Trey Person is not bad. Sorry. Huh. That's my bad. That's my bad. That's bad. That's I bad didn't catch research. it. I didn't catch it in the copy. That's my fault. That's bad research for one. But one KG. But um, let's talk about the other dudes. Michael Dowell, you were saying? Yeah. And I just I've just lost all confidence now. And what I Darius Snow and a transfer from D two who likes to smack people around. North Kendall Brooks. Yes, like sir. Kendall Brooks from D two North Greenville. Okay. Um, and then we get really young. I mean, there's some early enrollees. There's some recruits. I mean, it, there's a drop. When you say early enrollee, you're talking about like 15 years old. You know, graduated yep. high school early. Very came smart. Up, came up to to uh, campus for Boys State, and then yeah. just like snuck on over <laughs> nice. into the <laughs> into the <Yes>. football complex. <laughs> yes, got offered a scholarship on the spot. Good for him. Yeah, they they really liked his you know his gumption. In his metal. Um, <laughs> Cut of his jive. That's great. Yep. Or uh, so I humiliated myself about uh, Trey Person. Uh, don't understand why he left because I expected him to have a role on this uh, on this roster, but he's gone. I'm bringing it back up again. I'm putting my nose in it. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're at. Doesn't matter. Xavier Henderson will just play every snap and and do everything in the as far as the safeties. So. All right, well, Greg, you can redeem yourself here because I had wanted to ask about position groups you're most excited about, concerned about, intrigued by, and you had um, a snippy, I don't want to talk about that response. Well, yeah, my snippy, I don't want to talk about it response actually relates to what Plum said earlier in that there's just so much unknown with all of these position groups. It's really excited. It's really difficult to say what you're excited, concerned, or intrigued by. Um, because it's just entirely unknown, but I, I will say of these position groups that we just covered, I, I think right up front with the defensive tackle group is a pretty significant concern. Um, what do you guys think for excited or for, or what are you intrigued by? I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, personally, I'm most excited about the quarterback spot. Now that you've kind of preempted this drama, which I didn't know existed and frankly don't care much about, I'm, <laughs> I'm now excited because, you know, drama. But more because this team is at its best when we're able to coalesce around a strong leader, uh, in specifically in the quarterback um, position. I will tell you, I am most concerned about, well, maybe I'll agree with you, Greg. I think there are some concerns. Obviously, we mentioned some of them in cornerback too, and just guys kind of sliding into the right the position. So maybe I'll, I'll save intrigued for running back. Um, we we were just absolutely inanely garbage last season in that position. So uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm very curious, very curious. And I swear to God, if Connor Hayward 
plays more than a little bit, I'm going to be also upset. Garbage time snaps. Garbage time snaps. Uh, that piece on the athletic about counter Hayward. Oh it, it's it really, you get to know him. Uh, That's why we have the athletic. Uh, <laughs> Jones, what about you? I mean, you asked the question, so you obviously have some pretty teed up thoughts to this. No, I, I think it's it, it's a bit complicated, right? Because on the offensive side of the ball, so much of it is, you know, I could be excited about the running back room, but does that really mean I'm excited about the offensive line? I could be excited about um, the the quarterback, but in reality, that's probably I'm actually excited about the uh, wide receivers and hoping that we have more competent quarterback play to feed them this year. Um I'm most concerned about our linebackers hands down most concerned about them. So I probably echo plum in uh, being intrigued about running backs. Um, I would maybe shift it to excited about wide receivers because that's a sure. We saw talent there last year. And there's going to be a number one on the field. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Number one. Greg, do you want to talk to us about our first man? Sponsor? I have been chomping at the bit to talk to you about Brandon Sands, man. Okay. Because mortgage rates are at extraordinarily low, low rates right now. Unbelievably not the lowest. No, not the lowest of all time, but close to it, which is why if you have an interest rate more than 4% or even like in that area, Fix it, man. You got it. Something has got to be done about this. And we have the solution for you. Our guy, Brandon Sands. Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z, cracking beers, closing loans, 10,000 of them to date. Can you even imagine the number 10,000? Just like picture 10,000. You're wrong. It's more than that. Whatever you were picturing, he's closed more loans than that. Call him today. Or look them up at rate.com slash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com slash Brandon with Sands. Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. And man, just like get on my level. He's fantastic. It's awesome. Call him. Rate.com slash Brandon Sands. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, <laughs> let's head off Grand River. And we have a serious topic to, to chat about. But before we do... I, I can't not bring this up on the pod. Yeah? Are you okay? Are you well? No. Rutgers landed a four-star quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. That's the Shiano effect. The Shiano, the Shiano effect. He got Shianoed. Dude mm. got Shianoed. Uh, I, will, I will steal from the only podcast and sing me a song, Shiano Man. Um, I don't. I don't care for it at all. I don't care for competency out of that university, and um, I don't like it. But it's not meant to last. Don't worry about it. It's your home state university. <laughs> the it's where football was invented. They tell us. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So what I do want to talk about is a bit more of a serious topic: is the NCAA Board of Governors and their their effects for. We'll just say it uh call it sort of mm, i don't want to be diminishing but uh social uh issues du jour is what we'll say and what i mean by that is 
currently, uh, there are some pretty atrocious things happening surrounding voting rights. Yeah. And uh, Arkansas recently passing uh, uh, a law forbidding, prohibiting, making illegal, gender affirming uh, uh, surgeries and treatments related to uh, the transgender population. And the NCAA has not been particularly shy historically about putting their foot down surrounding issues uh, that matter. Mm -hmm. So examples being that uh, Idaho had passed uh, uh, some similarly offensive laws uh, regarding transgender people and the NCAA threatened to uh, strip them of uh, basketball games. Uh, they also got involved in ensuring that Mississippi got rid of the Confederate flag as part of their state flag. So I guess we do, we, we like to dog on the NCAA quite a bit here because um, they're generally speaking horrific and incompetent. But how do we feel about them exercising you know, in a sort of late stage capitalism sort of way, their, their power and might to, uh, to address issues that obviously I, I think we all care quite a bit about transgender people being able to have the same rights and privileges and being able to live their, their life in, in peace. And mm-hmm. we also care a lot about people being able to vote freely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I just kind of wanted to leave that out there because it, it it there's a track record of the NCAA being an agent for change or at least a a power broker in in pushing these issues. Plum? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great question. Um, I hate to give the NCAA credit ever, uh, generally speaking. Um, but at the end of the day, they are a corporate body in some sense and others, I guess not, but in the sense that they are like all good corporate bodies, I am quite amused when, uh, some political parties believe that corporate bodies deserve, uh, protected free speech and that their money, unlimited amounts of money qualify as protected free speech. And then as soon as they begin to use this protected free speech, they are asked to quietly demur and, uh, stay out of the things they know nothing about when in fact, they actually wasn't what we... That wasn't what we were talking about. Oh. That, that's not the type of speech that we were talking about. Oh, 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 oh. Well, here and yet here we are. So uh, <laughs> no, that's a direct. I'm trying to make a direct reference yeah, to you're, and, what it's, statements yeah. made by certain senators. Certain senators. Uh, in the certain minority senators party. from the great, uh, great state of Kentucky. Why, I think. So, um, you know, I will say this. I, it may be helpful for folks just as a quick primer, and I don't think we have to spend uh, more time on this than is probably necessary, but it, it, it's helpful sometimes when we start talking about issues of identity and, uh, and transgender yes, identity, please. particularly that we start to conflate things together. And so I think it's helpful to think about, um, categories in terms of three, three things. There are, um, there are things that we might consider like under a category of biological sex or assignment, right. Which is a sort of a factual based objective, this or that, uh, there's a questions of identity in terms of how people, uh, societally construct their identity, how they believe who they believe they are from a soul perspective, right there the unseen, but the core part of their identity. And then there is a behavior piece. So let's take the behavior and put it away because no one's really talking about behavior. What we're talking about with transgender identity is in equal parts, uh, biological sex, which is, uh, you know, chromosomes. It is uh, sex characteristics, uh, the gonads. It's particularly your uh, reproductive organs. So that's sex. That's what we talk about when we say male or female. And, um, and then of course there's intersex individuals, individuals who are born with 
some combination or no um, secondary sex characteristics or sexual organs. And then, and then on the other side is identity, right? And then when we talk about identity, we're really talking about gender, right? And so that's the difference between gender and sex. Sex is a biological um, sort of yes or no, or a factual, I can look and see. And then there is gender, which is not that it's an expression and it's part of an identity. And that's why you see some people who are agender or transgender or are gender nonconforming, or um, they, they present in a way that is like, oh, I thought he was a guy and, but he's wearing a dress. What? Oh my God, my mind. Because it's about identity. It's about expressing, right? A thing that is innate in a person, but you can't see. All right. So I just wanted to say that, right? For our listeners edification, because sometimes we get confused and that's okay to get confused and it's okay to use the wrong language as long as we're really clear that we're trying to be good. So that all stated. I just wanted to note um, the NCAA policy, which I think is really interesting on transgender student athlete participation. When they look at trans men, which they call trans males, and that's not a term because again, male is a right is a sex characteristic. We're talking about a biological sex characteristic, and what we're talking about here is transgender. We're talking about identity. Uh, so when you think about a trans man, a person who is transitioning from uh, assigned female at birth to now either undergoing a transition, which could be a gender confirming surgery, or it could just be living in the identity which they identify with, which is to say they they believe they are or they identify as a man. Um, females who now present as men or who are um, have gone under some sort of, you know, uh, treatment with testosterone, for example, are able to compete on a men's team, but as soon as they've begun testosterone treatment are, are no longer able to, com- to compete on a woman's team. And for trans women, which is to say people who are born biologically male who are now presenting or identifying as women are only able to present on or only able to, to compete on women's teams after they have been on testosterone suppressing suppression medication for at least one calendar year. And so I just think it's really interesting that what the NCAA seems to care about here is particularly androgen deprivation, which is what testosterone presents, and the sort of hormone therapy which is necessary to uh, reduce or you know, create a level playing field around muscle mass. That is just incredibly fascinating that that's what the NCAA is drawing the line here with. And I think that's just helpful context. I didn't know about that until I started looking this up for this part of the segment. Um, So anyway, everyone has a line. Um, Idaho's line is insane and regressive and harmful. And, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say about it other than just inhumane. Uh, but everyone has a line, and even the NCAA has a line, and that's it, testosterone. And hopefully one day we can get past that because there are many women who do not use testosterone or have, you know, androgens that make their muscles huge, and yet they have great muscles and they're great athletes. So I don't know. It just we, – we get so concerned about this and creating playing, level playing fields where really there are no such things. They don't really exist. They're all uh, structures. And um, the last thing I might say is this policy itself – uh, is from, um, uh, 2011. So 10 years. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was there a revision date on that? Nope. Hmm. That, uh, it, <laughs> I guess, uh, credit to the NCAA for trying to do better than say Arkansas, which just wants to, uh, uh marginalize and pretend that, uh, that trans people do not exist. Um, that said, maybe revisit. 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to say it better than that. I appreciate acknowledging that the humanity of, of trans people um, and that they too might have a vested interest in participating in sport. I think that's, that's commendable as a start yep. place. Right. Uh, but okay, guys, like it's nine years later, we can do better. Yeah. Um, might be time to revisit that. Uh, the, the other thing I'll point out is that it is effective when, when sports pull out of these types of states. I mean, it is being discussed in, in uh, Georgia, the loss of the MLB all-star game there is news. So um, it is a way for these large organizations to make a lot of headlines and to affect some change. So use those forces for good when you can NCAA. Yes. Anyway. Um, next up, we've got Twitter questions, but first a quick word from our dear sponsor, Preserved Homemade, Homemade, which is a goods and provisions store, bringing you the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. Uh, Preserved Homemade is, was, and always will be our favorite purveyor of delicious cookies. Um, if you want to check out home uh, preserved homemade, you can go to their Instagram at preserved underscore homemade, follow them on Twitter at preserved H or of course, head to their website at preserved dash homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. One more time, because the punctuation changes every time Instagram it's preserved underscore homemade Twitter preserved H or the website preserved dash homemade. That's a hyphen. No, not a backslash or a forward slash. It's preserved hyphen homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. Gentlemen, Twitter questions. Twitters, the twits. Uh, let's start off with CT and TC, our favorite Wolverine troll, um, who I think asks a wonderful first question. Mm which is how do you feel about the NCAA super senior rule? And in case you guys don't know, if you're a senior um, right now or in this past year, you get to come back. Um, And it doesn't, and it doesn't count against the scholarship cap for uh, any school. So hypothetically, let's say Josh Langford wanted to be a Spartan again, right? It would not count against the total number of scholarships for Michigan state university. I, uh, I'm inclined to think that that's good. I, I don't have a strong opinion on this. I, I remember, I I mean, I don't have, I don't have a well articulated opinion on this. Uh, do you guys, I weirdly feel worst for, um, we'll bring it to my CT's wheelhouse. Um, Mike Smith, right? Transfers from Columbia, right? Heads to Michigan, probably aspirationally thought he was going to get the experience of playing in a garbage arena in front of people who use basketball as an outlet for not being happy about their football team. Um, But, you know, thought he was going to get the real U of M experience. And then didn't. Hmm. And, and I don't think it's fair to, say to a coaching staff, you need to choose between growth and moving on and, and letting this, this dude have a chance to play in Chrysler arena. Uh, Like I, I feel for Mike Smith, right? Like he's a guy that, that I would say, yeah, 
you know, I, I can aspirationally hope things will be better next year. And I think he should be entitled to that, like senior experience, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are some teams that I, I, I'm sure that if you told me what their roster was, I'd be like, no, 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 that's not fair. <laughs> like Wisconsin. No, 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 that's not fair. <laughs> Though. I don't know how you were Wisconsin and regressed in the past year, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is how Demetric Trice gets to play college basketball when he's 29, basically. Yeah. Um, so I, anyway, that's what I got on on that. I mean, I, I, I'm generally in favor of it. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I did want to go back and are, so last year doesn't count, right? Against your your not, general scholarship. Not yet. Yeah. So what happens in the future, it seems easy enough for next season, but what happens in the future when there's five years of guys and women, of course, that have more eligibility than the individual team caps? It seems like you have to permanently or for some period of time increase the total number of scholarship players that you can have on a given team. Otherwise, you're going to have way more eligibility out there then there are teams to fill that eligibility. Am I wrong about that? Am I right about that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know that you are, but I look at a, a, a sport like basketball and I think most dudes don't, don't redshirt in that sport. Sure. So, you know, like maybe some of them you say, yeah, if you want to stick around another year, I'd be happy to have you because you don't really have a pro career, but you are a valued member of this team. Yeah. But I think a large majority are going to go find their pro career wherever that is, or it's just time to move on. And you can, you can kindly part ways and no one's that grumpy about it. Hmm. I, I would think. I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. Um, but yeah, the, the, the whole, scholarship thing is going to be a mess for the Plum, next few years. Plum, you might have more insight in, in soccer. Is, is there a lot of red shirting? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I'm trying to think about the number of experiences we've had players commit for like a fifth year. I, this is not a, a, a regular phenomenon in soccer to my knowledge. Yeah. And I imagine in a lot of non revenue sports that, uh, that there's not like an Olympic or, or pro path to, that, they, that, that there's not a lot of giving out of the extra scholarship anyway, mm-hmm. because not everyone's getting a full ride to begin with. Like, sure. you, you know, if you want to keep playing and you want to pursue your grad degree or something like, yeah, maybe you're welcome on the team if you're good enough, but otherwise like you're going to pay your own way. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I get your point, Greg. I, I, I think basketball, I'm less concerned. Football, I think maybe is where you run into that glut. Um, either way, a great, Great question from CT and TC. Um, now to a bit more of a trivial one, though important. Do any of you have allergies? I'm allergic to remembering what happened to Trey Persons in the. <laughs> oh, so it's stupid. Person, person, person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm allergic, I'm to, allergic to vaccines. Sulf to what? Sofas. Sofas. Sofa drugs. Oh no. Um, I may or may not have an allergy to penicillin. Oh, that you should figure that out. I think. Well, I had no problems taking penicillin when I was younger, and then uh, 
maybe a couple years ago, um, I had a, a strep throat and this is right before COVID and, uh, took amoxicillin and, uh, and broke out in a bit of a rash. Um, and my uncle-in-law told, told me that I, I may have an allergy oh, and I should yeah. probably just not get it anymore. So anyway, uh, Thanks for letting us divulge our medical. Oh, and I have seasonal allergies, like up the yin yang. Oh disgusting. yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I take a Zyrtec that. every day. Oh, and oh, I'm allergic to to cats oh. and dogs. Oh, oh, oh! It's oh. a lot. Are you even alive? Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Next up, CTNTC. Who is your go-to Mortal Kombat and/or Street Fighter character? Finish him. Street Fighter Two. Dan. Dan. I think one of them. He was a secret character. I don't know. I'm just demonstrating my knowledge. I don't have a favorite. I did. My brother and I played the original Street Fighter on Sega Genesis. Yes, Sega Genesis. I uh, liked E Honda, although I would get pretty bad thumb cramps from having to hit the buttons fast enough to make his arms do the like thing. Uh, Original Street Fighters will know what I'm talking about there. Uh, And also like Blanco, the Brazilian who could electrocute himself. Electrified. Yeah. Also, Plum, I'm proud of you and all that you've been able to accomplish after such a disadvantaged youth growing up in a Sega house. Apparently. Yeah, we we were definitely, and that was a, I think a used Sega. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for feeling safe enough to share that information with us yeah. and the podcast. Thank you. Uh, all right. Um, Next up from CT and TC is who do you want to place replace Dane Fife? And this is also something that's gone uh, out in the ether. Other people have talked about it. And in light of the news that I believe whatever uh, Cade Cunningham's brother is, is uh, no longer with Oklahoma state. Isn't the answer Elgin Bates? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom Izzo has two mil at his disposal. Isn't the answer Elgin Bates? Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest. I don't love the idea of an internal hire. I, I think this is a good opportunity to inject some kind of new blood into the program. Uh, and if you've got extra money that you get to allocate for whatever you want, I don't think that was entirely what you know what they had in mind. Do you guys think? That, but you guys think Mike Woodson is doing anything right now? <laughs> we can get him can we get him or you know what at least someone from his staff i think i would be happy with <laughs> i think it is interesting that tom Izzo had two million dollars to just do what it with that ever and he said yeah dane i'm not gonna match the thirty thousand dollars <laughs> i'm telling you this wasn't a question of whether or not he would match it i think this was uh this was uh scripted yeah, I, I mean, I, I said uh, a few weeks ago, it, it was, I don't know, it was one of the embarrassing losses that if this was football, a coordinator would be fired. Sure. And, you know, I, I think I've come to age a little bit differently on that statement in that, I mean, we did just win back to back to back Big Ten championships. Yeah. So maybe it's okay to just have a blip of a year. Um, but. All the same the year I, where the team still goes to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yes. But for it us, takes it was, a final four team to overtime. Mm. Yeah. Not all teams from Michigan can say that. Uh, 
that's what we're hanging our hat on these days. Um, all right. Anyway, up next, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, what are you looking forward to most next week when I, Jonesy, are not here? Plum and I have just been texting so much back and forth, back and forth with all of our great ideas for next week. Like, we were heartbroken when you told us that you were still going to be around for this episode. Yes. It was difficult. Yes. Like, I cried. Plum had to call me. We had to work through it. Um, there's just so much to look forward to, dear listener. So much. Including Twitter questions. I'm going to set a reminder and put that did you, out. Did you, see, did you see my tweet uh, yes. asking for questions? I saw it. I saw it. It was Michael seen. Jones. All right. Uh, next up, Pierre Brooks swishes a 45-footer next year. What does Izzo do? I have some thoughts, but Plum, uh, how do you think Izzo reacts to Pierre Brooks taking and making a 45-foot shot to end a half? Uh, end a half? End a half uh, makes it? <laughs> uh, I think he just looks bemused. But any other time in the half, he leaves the bench and goes on to the court to beat Pierre Brooks about the head and neck. Even if he's made it, uh, made it uh, with whatever he has handy, probably a towel, um, because he's still so traumatized, like the rest of us, from watching the uh, shot selection of too many of our uh, erstwhile good players on this program. Well, I I want to actually you bring up a point that I think is worth discussing momentarily, which is what do you think Tom Izzo learned from this past year? Do you know, he simultaneously seemed chill at times and then decidedly not chill at the end. Um, but, you know, Greg, you've said you've never seen someone get as much leash as Rocket Watts did. Yeah. Do do you think that was a reflection of Rocket Watts? Like, I, you know, I, I'm kind of curious how he's got three guys coming in who who in all likelihood are not one and dones. So how do you think he coaches them? But, but seem to be probably great legacy players, I yeah. guess is where I'm, uh, where I'm yeah. at on the three dudes. I, uh, I mean, if, if there's a lesson from this year, it's that don't risk it on a major position group, uh, such as point guard, where so much of your offense revolves around it. Like you have to take the steps to bring a point guard in especially now Um, in terms of overall coaching approach. um, I don't know. I I don't know what, what the lessons are. Um, Don't, don't yank players arms. Hopefully maybe one of those lessons. Lesson one. Yeah. Tom Izzo still has not done a a postmortem on the season. So um, I think he's still waiting for those questions to fly by him. Yeah. Uh, last from the Epidemic Jerk Guy, does plum smell like a plum? Plum. plum. So uh, anyway. <laughs> like a rotten plum. Like a plum <laughs> left you, in the do fridge you wear... for a couple days too long. Uh, Alex Plum has actually been emailing native deodorant um, daily, asking them to make a plum-scented uh, deodorant, to which they've responded, that's not a botanical, we can't help you there. It's true. And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to develop an organic botanical plum 
and it's uh, the chemistry is pretty complicated. I'm going to be honest. So <laughs> it's it's mostly you just sort of rubbing yourself against an azalea, um, hoping that it is a. Plant. I have I have beautiful azaleas out front. I don't know if you knew that, but they're beautiful. Uh, I, I did. Mine has not turned red yet, and I'm deeply disappointed. Mine hasn't actually popped up yet. I hope they're not dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, Anthony Garvert, up next. I've heard IU snag Dane Fife in hopes of securing a coveted transfer with ties to the former MSU assistant. <laughs> Care to comment? I assume he's talking about Josh Langford. Right? Oh, I, I thought... Uh, you know, because Garvert comes from Twitter and Twitter loves to talk about the boys from Clarkson. I thought this was a Foster or Kithier reference. That's well, how they're I not read technically it. in the transfer portal and have not said they will be, whereas Josh Langford intimated. It's not. I mean, he said that he's played his last college game at Michigan State for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't. Why would Josh Langford transfer to Indiana of all places? Why um, not? You know. I, I guess just have two guys on that team that know all of the secrets in the MSU locker room. God help us. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, he can take foster too. That'd be fun. I honestly, if they took foster, I'd love it because then it would be foster and Fletch, uh, for the in-state revelry. Ooh. Fletch at Purdue. Yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun, uh, you know, a little, uh, little media, little, uh, little storyline. No. Yeah, we could have Dan Dockich on the call to make it an IU or an Indiana bonanza. Next. Is he allowed on the call yeah, anymore? I'm going to call next on, on that. that. That's a no for me. <laughs> All right, last up from, oh, second to last from Garvert. I just signed up for my first dose of Moderna. Have you all gotten your vaccines yet? Uh, which CT and TC popped in and saying, I'm doing one of each, even the crappy vaccine. Oh my God. Okay, which, hold on. Hold on, damn it. Now listen, CT, you need to unfollow Mike Duggan from your Twitter because we're not going to allow the mayor's inane back-ass comment. Wait, did you hear about the J&J situation right now, though? No, what? Uh, man, I forget where... Someone somewhere stopped administering it because of the number of people who within an hour were uh, presenting with nauseousness. Um, uh, didn't see that. I know that there have been some supply chain issues because there's a bunch of factories that have fucked the dog. Out. Yeah, no. And the, the nauseousness thing is a little, is super ridiculous in its own right. Like I didn't feel super great within an hour of my vaccine, but like, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, there is um, also like a very true phenomenon, uh, you know, sort of like, I don't forget what it's called, the halo effect where you're sort of like, Oh, I have that. Oh, I have that too. Oh, we all have that. Oh my God. We're all sick. Yes. Yes. But, um, either way, I, what I will say is there is no crappy vaccine. All of these vaccines have been shown to be basically 100%. Wait, are we Whoa. talking about the AstraZeneca vaccine right now? Yeah, is the podcast being sponsored by 5G at this oh, point? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> From heaven and on earth. Anyway. I'm going to be doing the podcast by myself next week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say. Oh, my God. Plum, uh, Plum I think you've said on the pod you were part of a clinical trial. Uh, if you didn't say that, I'm outing you right now. Um, yes. so Plum is vaccinated and or Moderna Greg is even yes. And Greg is still halfway. I'm a Pfizer man. One half Pfizer, one half Pfizer here as well. So yeah. we're all on our way and, uh, we're very happy for you, Garbert. I knew I saw you were struggling to find an appointment and I'm happy you did. Yay. Uh, Good job, Tony. Last up 
from Garvert. Prop bet of the week. Total, the total score if all <laughs> oh three can't read, can't write hosts played a round of 18 on the Masters course versus the number of Big Ten wins Tom Izzo will finish with in his career. He's currently at 311. He set the over-under at 361 and a half. Oh, so uh, generous, Garbert. So wait, so hold on. So generous. 362 divided by three. So that's a give or take a 121. Yeah. 120, yeah. 121. Yeah. Which is pretty good uh, because when you max out at 10 a hole. So, you know, the, the max on this is... Uh, 180, 180 times three. So it's at 540. Uh, is it fair to say, so Greg, do you golf? I golf almost once a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Plum, Same. how often do you golf? Same, maybe twice a year. Okay, so I'm probably in the twice a year camp. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say over. <laughs> Yeah, I think the over is the way to go on both of these. Uh, I also have a problem with 18 holes. When I make the turn, that siren call of the clubhouse sometimes is just too much to ignore. What? Wait, sorry. What's too much to ignore? I would rather be. I'd rather be having a beer on the patio at the clubhouse than I would do the back nine of a. (laughs) Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. But that's when the game finally gets fun for me is the back nine because I've given up and now I'm just drinking. (laughs) So yeah, no, I just start drinking from the start and that makes the game fun the entire way. Uh, next up is Zilly Sam. If someone who wins a basketball pool never paid their entry fee, should they be allowed to receive the prize money? Ooh, this seems maybe personal. Um, um, does anyone have any, some insight? I didn't win. Did I, <laughs> did I win? This is a, this is a direct shot at plum. No, did I actually win? This is a direct <laughs> shot at Plum. Did I win? Am I fighting what I won from this? You outlasted me. I wanted to get you on the record to see, you know, what your uh, what your position is on this. I wanted, you, I wanted you to get preachy on this. Oh, man. You know, and I probably would have taken the position that if you didn't pay, you know, were you even on the hook? But now knowing what I know, the veil has been pierced. John Rawls would say, I can't even weigh in on this question. There is no justice. Uh, but if you don't give me my money, I'm going to break someone's kneecaps. I can guarantee you Well, you, you never that. really played. She didn't get to earn the interest. Mm, so. That's a great point. Oh, my God. Did I really win? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Next up, Dan Hellpepper. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you pick Baylor? I didn't look at your bracket. No, I had Daga. Wow. That wow, means that bet. no one in the, in the whole pool probably picked Baylor. And there were like 30 people in that pool. I really day. tried on that, and it was, and I did so poorly. I thought there's no way. Huh. Uh, well, <laughs> others did more poorly. I can look this up. But did pay. Uh, next up, Dan Hellpepper. Take another big in the portal or no? Well, we kind of covered this, right? Well, we, like, let's let's assume there's space. Yeah, because I think the the question posits there's space. Right. Right. Just yes. don't know. Then the answer is yes. Yeah, it has to be. So yes. take a or, or or Dan, should we say no need when Amani's walking in the door? That's a big oh, right. Oh Lord. That I mean, because I don't believe that you're going to get more than twenty two and a half out of Bingham. Right, like, I mean, even playing as well as he did at the end, I don't think you're going to get more than 22 and a half minutes out of him. 
Here, I mean, here's the answer to the question. Were you satisfied with the production out of the front court this season? I think if Bingham had gotten more track, I might have been more satisfied. Okay. He didn't for one reason or another. So Yeah. Well, there was a lot of dumb decisions made about the coaching staff this past All year. All right. You know what? It's it's going to be really fun next season, Michael, uh, visiting you in your corner office at Breslin Center when you take over for Tom Mizzo. He's got a patio. We can have some drinks there. It'll be a good time. I look forward to it. He's not immune from criticism. That's anyway, yeah, yeah. next up, this whole pod is premised on the idea that we can have an opinion about these things. <laughs> uh, my opinion is that there's a reason. Tom <laughs> has his reasons. Raymond Chains. Verse up, Jonesy, is there a way this plays out with MSU having a worse offense? I think Tucker, at the very least, has improved morale and expectations. Raymond, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't have the advanced stats in front of me. But no, it is, <laughs> it is not possible for MSU to have a worse offense next year. Uh, when I, I, when asked about I, I, the offense, I think Tucker just drew a, a vomit emoji on a whiteboard, right? I, yeah, him. I believe uh, it was either him or was it Kapilovic who described it as putrid? Yeah. Uh, I think Mel Tucker described the run game as putrid, and I think Kapilovic said that it was the worst he's ever been a part of. Um, and the... Uh, Colton Pouncey from The Athletic did a film review of Kenneth Walker, which was a great read. But uh, one of the stats he included was uh, yards after contact for a running back. Hmm. And um, uh, MSU tailbacks received uh, yards after contact 7% of time, the time, <laughs> which was second worst in the country uh, for all of Division One football. It, it, there, there's just literally, it, it's not possible. It is not possible for this offense to be worse. Here, here. Uh, so that means it, you can, you can expect whatever you want next year and be happy with it being better than the year before. Yeah. Uh, next up from Ram chains, where are the photos of Grink's teeth and feet? And where's plums minute of hate? Wait, you, Raymond, you, you ain't be getting my DMS. Check your DMs, my man. <laughs> Plum, where's your minute of hate? Uh, I, I, oh, I, I don't, I didn't get worked up about anything. I uh, hate. Uh, I can make another uh, COVID five uh, G. Uh, uh, oh, it could be want. that. Um, <laughs> oh, not political. Oh. Honestly. I'll just say this, that the surface is a, a marvelous machine. And now that it's been installed in my brain, I'm, I'm happier for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Uh, you know what I hate? I hate, uh, that, uh, oh, there's so much pressure. Ah! You know what I hate? I hate Raymond that you didn't call me on my phone before we recorded to tell me that you were going to tweet this which you probably did even earlier than that but how would i know if you didn't at me in the mention of the tweet and that was annoying i'll do better next week sorry a betrayal a betrayal <laughs> a betrayal <laughs> that was really bad uh next up from raymond chains jonesy this week on bhts with tom Izzo. 
a coach to coach that's, call. With for Tom those Hill. who don't know, that's behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. That's the hashtag that, that all the people are following, you know, the, for your second screen while it's on. Uh, uh, coach to coach call with Tucker ends in anger when Tom screens, take it to Beantown. <laughs> <laughs> you nickels been <laughs> What do you viewers think precipitated this outburst? <laughs> so he's asking him to go to Boston, right? And I don't know what a nickel spitting grifter is. I I only hope that Raymond spent a lot of time checking to make sure this was as inoffensive while also sounding offensive yeah, as possible. It sounds like I we should be regretting saying it on air. Um, and indeed, we're probably going to look this up afterwards. Um, Otherwise, uh, that's going to go on the on the what do you call me? The Grink soundboard. <laughs> uh, here's here's my all right. Here's my guess. Uh, Keon Coleman is oh, a is yeah. a walk on and uh and is a much uh delightful breath of fresh air on the basketball team and is quite successful. You, you know, maybe not like world beating but is a welcome addition to the team. Meanwhile, Mel Tucker in classic Mel Tucker sense finds someone better out of the transfer portal and cuts Keon Coleman's scholarship, thereby putting Tom Izzo between a rock and a hard place with his scholarship situation and Keon Coleman now being a free agent. That's my guess. Because he took Keon Coleman's nickel and spit it? Yeah, I, I don't know. This is what I got. I, I just looked it up really quick. Nickel spitting apparently is often used in the military as like a, uh, I don't, like a radio check, like how am I coming in? Loud and clear. Nickel spitting would be the loud and clear. It, Oh, five so it's five. not like how your microphone sounded earlier. Uh, can I go back to that minute of hate, which is these guys made me buy a microphone, which now isn't to their standards. <laughs> By the way, I'm still not on the Twitter fucking handle thing. <laughs> but, but you and will be on the attitude, logo. with that attitude, I don't think you will be. <laughs> oh, dear listeners, right. you are not going to enjoy next week's pod. I just want to be very... <laughs> very clear about that right now you'll be very clear on who does the outlining very quickly very quickly uh next up raymond chains judging by my age inhibition lack of followers and limited interactions is it fair to say that i suck at this twitter thing why do i care i'm gonna answer this one you don't you know why you don't suck at it because you use it raymond and that's the only thing that matters is that you use it and the reason that you care is because it gives you some level of joy and i'll tell you what brings me some level of joy it's interacting with you on Twitter. So keep doing it. Just here, here to that. Uh, Next time, Raymond, someone tries to put you down because of your, your Twitter follower following ratio or whatever. You tell them to take it to Beantown, you nickel spitting grifter. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> that is uh, that. And you know what? We wouldn't know you but for Twitter, and so we are very thankful for that over here. And do check uh, the DMs. I, I mean that. You do check the DMs? No, he should check his DMs for for some photos. Oh. You don't want your- you don't want those breadstick toes. I'm telling you that right now. You don't want them. They're they're like garlic knots, <laughs> <laughs> but without the garlic. Uh, all right. Next up. 
And last from Raymond Chains, will Izzo or Tucker use the transfer portal transfer portal to better effect? And I I want to posit this as a, a caveat on the question because I think it's a, an interesting one. A Tom Izzo addition by percentage means a lot more, That's right? That's what I was like, just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Tyson Walker accounts for twenty percent of the team, whereas a Mel Tucker ad, you know, some of these guys may not play next year. Right. And he adds 20 guys. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's the same percentage. He, yeah, it, Mel Tucker has added, yes, by percentage, maybe more dudes to his roster. So, uh, yeah, so what do you think? I mean, I, I think it, it's easy to say Izzo just because it's so targeted. and um, But at the same time, there were such big holes to fill um tucker had so few options like the there's greater yes. no there's greater upside for izzo you know isn't well but it, i think tough yeah I, I i mean i think izzo likely will use it to greater effect in the sense that um you know if tyson walker is a, a competent point guard right you can probably expect us to be a sweet 16 team next year that said, you know, the the football team, and, and I hate to say this, but was in a state of disarray. There was nothing in that cupboard. And we saw that. We saw the evidence of that. And so, I mean, you know, I don't even think we've talked at length about some of the cornerback ads that, that Tucker has done. And I don't think he's done that out of a thing uh, like, oh, these dudes are starting next year. I think it's literally, I need competent bodies at the two and three spot. That's it. And yeah. so, you know, who's using it to better effect? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just think they're different. I, I think Tucker is like, I've looked at this roster and it's shit. Yeah. And I, I will take the rejects of a non shit teams. I don't mean to say rejects, but like, I, I've, I will take the dudes who think that they can earn a spotting, a starting spot who may or may not be able to do that on my team, but that, you know, we're not able to on a, on a competent roster. And so, uh, uh, yeah, rejects was, uh, was unkind. And I don't mean that, You're but disgusting. It, <laughs> you, you, you get my point though. Like it, it, it's they're they're doing Tom Izzo is surgical. Like he needs a guy who can play point guard this year. And, you know, that's a, a massive deal. Is Anthony Russo going to be as consequential as a quarterback as Tyson Walker is as a point guard? I mean, I I don't know. Probably not. But, like, who's to say one's more important than the other? That's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty comprehensive. I don't know. How, I don't know what else to add there. I'll add that the most important thing, the best effect, would be to go on Twitter and watch the monster jam that Miles Bridges threw down today. Holy good shit. God, good I, God. I, I, I tweeted this out a while, a while ago that because Miles Bridges pops up in the timeline regularly. Yes, he does. He's and, on the front page of Reddit right now with that jam. Yeah, of regular I mean, Reddit. Miles Bridges wakes up every day and chooses violence. Like, I mean, <laughs> that dude is holy shit. I mean, he, he looks like he hates the rim. 
Like there is a hate in his body for that rim that is, oh my god, he. Uh, I if he could somehow find his way onto the Memphis team, my life would be complete. If we <laughs> Just had to have we, all the guys there together, I mean, can you be mad about that? <laughs> like that would be so amazing. Uh. Yeah, Bridges is having a hell of a career, and I think he'll be around for a while because he's also hit some great threes. Like, they don't make the highlight reel in the same way, but dude can shoot too, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't watch a lot of uh, of that, uh, uh, of that, uh, of that uh, Carolina team, but um, I think he led the, uh, the stat box in that game. I mean, he, he's been playing well. He's been playing well. I'm happy for yeah, him. Yeah, if he's if he's not in the slam dunk contest, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. I'll say that. I mean, there's only X number of guys that have gotten more clout this year for dunking than him. I mean, it's not that many. So I genuinely hope that if he if he is in the slam dunk contest, he doesn't go for like weird or crazy. He goes for violent. Straight like that. Forward. <laughs> yeah, like like. I do this better like dunk with more authority than me uh it it was oh, i i got the tingles watching it it was great and hopefully um, he does better than the last time there was a spartan uh because shannon brown did not really impress <laughs> even though he should have yeah i mean god shannon brown talk about a dude who i don't i don't know his pro career was not i think what it could have been but he's got multiple rings you know and it lasts 12 years. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. In the same way that I, I will die on the hill that Drew Stanton should have been a starting quarterback everywhere. In the in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That'll do it for us here at Can't Read, Can't Write. We appreciate you all listening. Uh, please, everyone, in all sincerity, I just saw Graham Couch has COVID now. Whoa! Um, yeah, take so, it easy, Graham. Yeah, and he was uh, he was half vaxxed as well. So, um, everyone, just if you're in Michigan in particular, but everywhere, please, we're so close. Yeah, it's, guys, it's everywhere. Stay safe, hunker down. Uh, yeah, we're we're all thinking of you. We're gonna get on the other end of this. Uh, Plum, I didn't even get into people talking about us being back in stadiums. We got to get into that later on. Um, I hate. Minute of hate. There's your minute of hate. But uh, anyway, uh, gentlemen, go green. Go white, guys. Go white, gentlemen.